I'm Scott Sanders from Reach Australia. In some previous episodes, we recorded Andrew Hurd's reflections on the church ecosystem uh, during this COVID-19 time. But for this episode, I had a chat with Greg Lee, the senior pastor at Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle in New South Wales. And we had the chance to reflect more on mission and what does mission look like uh, in this time. For centuries, what we've built our ministry around is people give us an hour and a half on Sunday. And so we're going to, that's our prime communication time. Then we had a growth groups. We can now be seven day a week content providers. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders and you've tuned in to the Reach Australia podcast, a podcast that's all about healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. So, one of the one of the really helpful things, one of the things I value about uh, Andrew's leadership is is his real outcomes focus, his, his real drive for you know the, the main you know keep the main thing the main thing. Um, he talked in he talks in the video about the context changing, but the big overarching mission out, outcome hasn't the same, which is actually to see people converted, to see disciples being made, and and obviously see people mature in Christ and, and growing Christ. That hasn't changed. Um, but the context has. If we, we're thinking about mission in the church, how do we actually get that going and off and off the ground? And what are you seeing at, at Hunter Bible Church Group? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always helpful to think in categories, isn't it? Because if you just um, if you just kind of think about that whole thing of we're trying to reach the world, um, it can become overwhelming and and impossible to measure. Uh, this is where we found the various C's to be pretty helpful. Um, so we tend to think across five C's and the first, and I think the biggest one is culture. Um, as a church, is there this indefinable passion for, um, or kind of all, all permeating passion for evangelism? Um, when people come, what is the thing that they notice? And to be honest, if that wasn't there before COVID, it's probably not going to be there now. Um, and maybe even COVID is the thing that's the tester of your culture. Um, if during COVID, your church has shrunk down to just care for the flock, protect our finances, not lose as many people, you know, lose as few people as possible, and mission hasn't been happening, probably that's, that might be a sign that maybe culture was a, a, evangelism was a culture box we ticked, but it wasn't actually there. So is it, is it, is it, is it lost? You know, can you, can you not use this moment? You know, we, we speak about a burning platform, yeah. you know, moment. Here, here it is. We've got this crisis. Let's, you know, people are going to die, you know. Yep. Let's, they, need the, they need the gospel now more than ever. You know, the spiritual blindness yeah. know, is, is open. It's a golden opportunity to start building the culture. Um, it's, it means you're starting from a little bit more from the ground up. It'd be easier if you're starting with a church that already had this built culture of evangelism. But now is a great time for it because I, we're going to talk in a few minutes about at the moment, I think people are a little bit more open to the idea of thinking through Christianity. And also just, just any time when things are different, we have a chance to cut through. And so as leaders, we can start building a culture of mission now. Yeah, I might just, uh, I might just play that, a bit of that grab from, uh, from Herdy's uh, video where he talks about uh, how people are feeling and, and, the, and how secularisation. And I might, just play, I might just play a little bit of a grab from the video where Herdy talks about uh, his feeling that secularism has failed. Secularism has been... Uh, shown to be the illusion that it always has been. 
Um, so if you take secularism as the, as the ideology, the philosophy that says my life's meaning, hope and purpose can be found within this life and there's no need to look beyond this to find my significance and so on, well, this kind of pandemic and the fear that's come with it, the possibility of death, my family and so on, has immediately thrown up the fact that almost every point of security I might look to for my hope, for my future, my meaning has been shaken. And really into that context, the, the gospel comes with greater clarity, um, greater um, precision again, which says that the only real rock that you can build your life on is one that's outside of this life, the God who created it in Christ. So that, that is a huge opportunity this context brings us and we need to speak into that well. So, Greg, what do you think about what Herdy uh, just said? <laughs> um, look, I think there's something to it. Uh, and I suspect if we were living in New York or if we were living in London, um, we would really be going, man, I'm really feeling this. Um, if I'm honest, and this could be just because I live in Newcastle, which is a Bogan laid back city, um, I and my team haven't seen much existential angst floating around the place. Most people I know and bump into aren't thinking the world has fallen apart, my life has fallen apart. But I think there is a real openness to evangelism at the moment, just not at the level of existential angst or not as much. Um, I think in 18 months' time, as the economic consequences of this hit, that's when we're going to really feel the crisis around security and angst. But at the moment, people are a little bit more open to having time to explore things. So people are, people are hungry for content. I think people are also a little bit keener for relationships. So they're, they're open to even people coming back into their life um, online who they haven't had time for normally. I think also whenever things shift, whenever things change, like say you move house or you um, have a child, we just have this slight openness to, um, to new things and to, to reconsidering stuff that we maybe... Um, haven't been as keen on before. So I think just the change uh, has led to a certain amount of openness. I'm not sure that it's so much around angst, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's interesting. I, maybe we're not, uh, we're not able to articulate it yet, but there's definitely that feeling of uncertainty out there. You know, we saw that with the, you know, the TP, the toilet paper going off the shelves. And, yeah. it, and it really has only now uh, just sort of returned to a little, a little bit of a normal. There's still, there's still a bit of rationing taking place. So yeah. there was definitely that uncertainty and that media cycle that, that we're, you know, I'm every day I'm jumping on, you know, on the news platforms to find out, okay, what's the new update? What's opened? You know, I'm, I am looking forward to, you know, this week uh, we, we are, uh, you know, we are going to be opening up, um, you yeah. know, opening up and being able to go to other, another person's house and still, you know, have social distancing. So, but as you say, I think the actual financial impact and, and we've been largely, uh, not impacted by the, the deaths. You know, I'm watching a death toll go up in Italy, in Spain, in New York and America and just thinking, wow, at this stage, we've, we've actually been quite fortunate. Yeah. if we, I mean, it's always hard to stereotype. But I think if we were to stereotype where Australians are on this at the moment, their question is, when can I get back to normal? Mm. Um, the question for someone, say, in New York or London or Rome is, am I going to survive this? Um, I think if we build our evangelistic strategy for Australians and certainly for people in Newcastle around angst, I think we'd be answering a question they don't necessarily have, but we need to prepare to answer that question in 12 months' time if the financial crisis is as much as um, as bad as it could be. 
at the moment, I think an evangelistic strategy that can work really well for Australians is, um, is now a good time that you've got a bit more time, you're reconnecting with people, maybe now's a good time for you to come back and re-examine Christianity. Um, I feel like there's more traction there and I feel like actually that's where we're seeing people join us. Um, even the novelty of a new platform. So my mum, who is not a Christian, has been watching church just because of the novelty of seeing her boy on television. Um, it feels like, feels like that's where we're at, the novelty of the relationships. People are coming in through that, but I haven't felt heaps of anger. So, so that's about helping our people think about who they can connect with, you know, who are the, who, who's the one they can invite. But really, who's the, the few they could, could start inviting and connecting with and having meaningful conversations that move to that? How, so how are, you, how are you helping people think about those connection strategies as a, as a church? Um, yeah, so we've had this big push to um, use your social media contacts to invite people in through the front door. So the front door for us is Sunday, um, but we've worked really hard to try and build the process for joining. So... We moved life online really quickly. And something that was really exciting is we've had a whole stack of people who never had anything to do with us before COVID who've just started the life series. Um, and we've now run two joining um, intensives that are full of people who weren't part of our church beforehand, but who are joining now. Um, so I do think people are looking into Christianity and they are joining churches now. Um, we've got to have a good, clear pipeline for them to do it. Mm. Um, and we've got to prime our church that this is actually possible. So I think initially a lot of people were going, no one's going to join church. No one's going to become a Christian. And now we're saying, yes, 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 they are. Uh, this is how you get people to do it. Um, and for us, we've been saying um, leverage all of your social media things, call your family, say, Hey, our church is doing this online. The great thing is I think all of this has longevity beyond the, um, the period of COVID anyway. Um, when the angst disappears, when the financial crisis disappears, there still will be relationships. Um, that's why I think this is our best chance for evangelism anyway. And, and in many ways, uh, giving people the, the, the confidence, you know, helping people with their comp, you know, the competency, their ability to sort of ask these questions. So training them, taking opportunities for people to learn how to share their testimony or, or, or just to see, uh, you know, really simply, hey, I can do that simple share, that simple direct message and say, hey, come along to church. Well, it's hopefully so build the confidence, which which when we do come back and we go back to our normal sort of 12 month, you know, groundhog day mission cycle of, you know, Easter, Christmas, you know, big days like mother's day and, yeah. and other things we can, we can have a whole, like we can have more of the church equipped and able and confident to actually do this. Uh, I, I really love how you, you use clarity. You know, one of your C's is clarity there as well. So how important in this time is it for people to actually be aware of the pathway? Yeah. Um, the, the pathway or the, the process for you know people coming into your church life yeah i think the uh so our, our c's the ones who tend to operate most on a, what is the culture do people have a conviction that their friends are going to hell that's that's just crucially important um are they connected to non-christians do they have non-christians are they connected into church as well themselves um do they have clarity about how we're doing it so often the preacher will say in the pulpit evangelize your friends but they won't say how we do it as a church um, so how we primarily want to do it as a church is, um, invite your friend to come along to the life series. Um, that's our big banner. Um, and, and life series is, is a sort of introducing Jesus course. It's a five, weeks. five weeks. Check out yeah. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. There's a talk, there's supper, you know, there's any number of those versions of that kind of thing. Um, 
My conviction is that maybe 10, maybe 20% of people sitting in our church will have the confidence, the skills, the intellect, the boldness to take a friend from hello to becoming a Christian. That's a long journey and not many Christians in our church are going to have the skills to take their friends all of that way. Building something that they can bring their friends to where other people help them to answer the questions, explain with clarity and all those things. I think you then move from 10 to 20% of people in your church being involved in evangelism to potentially 50%. Um, the challenge then is people have to know that that's the way we do it. People have to know that on that we're still running life during COVID, but it's running online and this is what we're looking at. And here's how you invite your friend. And these are the nights um, that communication clarity is often the thing that's lacking pre COVID. What's our strategy. And during COVID that we're still doing it. And this is how you do it. So that's communicate. Yeah. Communication is always important, but, but even more, you know, even more so now in this environment. Now I just want to play another grab from Herdy. He talked, he talked about the different levels. So let's just hear uh, from Andrew. I always think in terms of there's kind of three levels that we speak into or speak, have as a medium. It's the one to the crowd. You know, in our church context, it was one speaking to the group gathered, but one to a crowd, one to many, one to a smaller context, and then one to one. Mm. And, and one of the things Reach Australia has been seeking to communicate constantly is we need all of those pieces working. We need to make the most of each of those. So those, those levels, uh, Greg, what I found really helpful was just sort of helping us think about the one to the crowd, uh, the one to the many and the one to one. You, you, yeah, you, you're pretty out there, you know, Dave wrote an article, you, you know, you push, put some thoughts out there. We want to make church like a TV show. You came out pretty early and you're pretty confident. I think you did in the first week when everyone's still scratching around to find a, you know, a camera and you're like, we are going to do a TV show. Yeah. Um, what, um, you, you know, you thought about that, that medium to the crowd and thought we're going to be moving online. We, we were doing church at a, you know, at a quality level. I know quality is not the right term for church, but you're doing church. Well, um, you wanted to make online church, you know, a quality TV production. Yeah. What, why? Yeah. Um, I, well, the first thing is we may have looked confident, but we were, <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were guessing. Um, even before we went online, I looked at our church services and thought everything here is built around uh, personal communication face-to-face. -face. Mm. Singing that's built around everyone doing it together. Um, and I thought this is, not, this is not the way to do church online if we've got the resources to do something different. Um, and so immediately we just thought well can we pull off a different model we were still we were still a little bit anxious so the first sermon that i did was i think it was 12 minutes i really pulled the length back because i wasn't sure have i got the ability to communicate well um but we threw our eggs in the tv show basket and initially we were filming everything beforehand packaging it um and we put out a packaged product at three points on sunday um now we're at the point where it's a TV show and a lot of it is live with some pre-recorded material, but it's not a service that's streamed. It's a TV show. Just because we thought the medium of a church service is really predicated on people being there. So you've, you've, you've seen it's, e it's easier to invite people to church. Um, people are going to give us an opportunity like they haven't. We've already, you know, already spoken about that. 
there's that time of change, people are open. Um, so we have that opportunity to sort of have a bigger reach. A lot of people early on were sort of saying, oh, you know, this is the time for one, you know, for one-to-one. But actually, this is the time for one-to-many because we are, you know, peering down our screens and looking at our screens. What, what does that mean for, you know, preaching, you know, length you've talked about really briefly? But are you getting your A, you know, a, again, A team, it's the wrong language. Are you getting your best preachers up? Uh, have you changed your, um, you know, your series? Are you just doing exactly what you planned 12 months ago for this 12 months? How, how have you pivoted and changed? Yeah, we changed our series because we, we thought James would be a really helpful thing here uh, and preaching on shorter passages. Um, initially, quite short sermons. I'm now back up to kind of pre-COVID, I would speak 35 minutes to 40 minutes. Uh, I'm back up to sort of 20 to 25 minutes um, and happy to, happy to drift out. Our people said preach longer, but we changed the series to James. Um, so we tried to think through what is what does the new circumstance require us to do? We, we try to be as adaptable as possible to that. Um, in terms of the preachers, yeah, it's interesting, actually. We've noticed that people who, um, being smooth and comfortable in front of a crowd doesn't necessarily translate to being smooth and comfortable in front of a TV screen. Mm. Um, and so we're still pretty open, but I've done the majority of the preaching, but it's inter- I've got the next two weeks where I'm not preaching. Um, and I think our guys will actually, they'll go through the same journey, preach shorter and then work their way up. Um, yeah. Now, now we, can, we, could, we could focus, and there's so much stuff out there focusing on the weekends, you know, on sort of our yeah. typical Sundays. But, but as you say, there's, there's, a, there's a greater opportunity for the one-to-many in this time. And, and we've got the other five days of the week as well. Uh, I think I've heard you say that, you know, we've always been good at sort of producing content. We just haven't had the opportunity to, you know, get it out there or really the, the reason to, you know, we, we've kept yeah. it to ourselves. There's that sort of, there's that humility in Christian evangelical circles, you know, oh, no one's going to want to, no one's going to want to hear that. Yeah, um, yeah. How have you been, you know, using the one to many in the weekday? Yeah. Um, for centuries, what we've built our ministry around is people give us an hour and a half on Sunday. And so we're going to, that's our prime communication time. Then we added growth groups. We can now be seven day a week content providers um and the great thing is evangelicals have always been really big on content um so most guys who've been in ministry for 10 years have 10 years worth of really great content um really solid content that we can now if we can work out how to produce it um we have the opportunity to produce seven days a week of really good tight sharp content there are a couple of challenges we're used to being 40 minutes uh of producing for an hour but we might want to think about producing 10 minute spots. Here is 10 minutes on how to have a quiet time. Here is 10 minutes on three objections to atheism. Um, And so looking at different length of content, different style, moving to panels. But I think one of the things that's gonna change in ministry in the long term is after COVID, it's now so much easier for most of us to use the technology to produce midweek content very easily. And that midweek content can be scratching, you know, the itch of not yet Christians. Uh, you know, so you've, you've talked, those two resources you talked about are very much in the maturity sort of um, space. What about, what about thinking about the not yet Christian? What are, what are some yeah. things you're thinking about? Yeah, we've been running lots of 
midweek content aimed at both. So we did a night on the resurrection that um, had a fair bit of evangelistic stuff in it in terms of um, if you're a non-Christian, what do you think about it? We did a night on suffering. We've also done, where tonight we're doing a night on the Trinity. Um, and so we're producing, each week I've been doing kind of a 10-minute reflection for church. Um, we're producing lots of material for both um, Christians and non-Christians. And what we're finding is, by and large, we'll go live. Um, the Christians will watch it. And uh, the first audience, the live audience, has non-Christians there, but primarily Christians. And then the Christians share it like mad. Um, and most guys have so much great content. Um, it's just a matter of being able to get it out there with the technology. And, and, and that, technology. yeah, that, that's the, that, I mean, um, we've got two reflections. People have been listening to podcasts, you know, we've been downloading podcasts more and more in the last, you know, two, you know, two to five years, you know, the, the, the picture of the person on the running machine, you know, listen, you know, listen to their podcast. So in some ways that's a, that's a channel, as you say, that again, it can be released on a Wednesday, but really it has this long tail, this long life. Uh, and it can be pushed out at any point in time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking someone, you know, could have a new relationship by changing jobs or by, um, you know, by switching locations, they can pull out that old resource, share it, have a, have a gospel conversation. What, and it's what I mean to get it up and running now, because it takes, instead of it taking five hours to organize everything, we get it up and running in 20 minutes. And the difference between one of the objections is, well, why would I do this? Because other people are doing it, but your people trust you. And so when you produce it, even if it's exactly the same content as someone else, they'll listen to you and they'll share you with their friends in a way that they won't an American or even another Australian. So that's been one of my reflections about church life. I, I think I've, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Westerner, I'm individualistic, I'm consumeristic, I'm, I'm sinful, uh, you know, given. Uh, I've been reflecting on, on the, uh, you know, the identity of us as a church family and a church body, you know, like never before where, you know, I have to, I, I can I could go and jump onto a lot of better services, but actually I'm part of Vine Church, mm. and uh, and I need to intentionally now at the moment go to my church on a Sunday where like like I could like I did intentionally when I jumped in the car, but now I've got I've got to think about it because I, I do have access to all these other great online services. Shout out to my church, we are doing a great job. So Kate, uh, Toby, and the team, you, Nate, you're doing a wonderful job. So I want you to hear that, uh, but. <laughs> but but the reality is about you know in evangelism I do have these networks I do have these set of relationships and I do want you know at the end of this I do want to connect them back into my church family my church community yeah yeah that's right and and that's where only half of the job is producing the content on Sunday um, we also need to have really clear ways that people can join into church um, and that our people know those pathways and we keep saying them in the meeting. Um, because that's the difference between church and a podcast. The podcast, you throw it out there and people will interact with it and then if it's helpful or not. With church, we're using it as a front door to an ongoing relationship. Um, and so we're, as people join our, our church, some people are joining from London and America and we're like, that's great. But the people we're most interested in are the ones we can have a long-term relationship with. For the people overseas, our conversation is, can we link you with someone near you? Um, but that's that's the difference between church and a podcast, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, and I, and I think I think the mission funnel that that we often you know talk about with you know big wide top contact, mate. This is where a lot of these resources are helpful. Just creating that contact, but you want to move them into connecting with Christianity and Christians, and yeah. then move them you know integrate convert them you know to Jesus and see 
uh, see them actually become part of a church family. That's that's got to be the goal. So, I, I mean, final final question because time's time's sort of getting us. You 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 did you know to say we we're able to do this quickly. We're getting it done. When we come out, I'm thinking we're gonna you know I hear I'm hearing you saying I'm thinking we're gonna keep doing this. You know, when we go back to church as normal, because it will it will happen. Are you still going to be putting out all this content? Um, well, yeah, we've been looking to buy a building. This just saved us six million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so it's not going to become HBC online. No more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I want to be able to preach in my underwear for the next twenty years. Just put on a shirt on a Sunday. That's it. Um, no, we will as quickly as possible go back to face-to-face meetings. Um, I do think that part of we are created with bodies and. Um, there is a reason why when Paul writes his letters says, I want to see you face to face and the letter is wonderful. This is still really fantastic and relational, but there we are created for face to face content, a face to face interaction. Um, but we will, I think now continue to produce lots of additional material online. That gives us a challenge up until now, basically most churches, um, everything we do, we kind of want all in participation with church. Mm. So we run a, a picnic, everyone come, we run church, everyone come. Um, with this other material, what we need to do is find a way of contributing, uh, c- communicating that this is opt-in. Certain things we do, like church on Sunday and growth groups, that's all in. But now I think we will continue to produce stacks of material from here on in. We'll try and keep the TV studio there to produce stacks of opt-in material. Just helpful 10 minutes, 15 minutes, because now we can and it's not frightening and it just gives us another opportunity. Um, but I think we're going to need to do a good job of communicating the difference between all in and opt in. Um, already we've had some people skip growth group in order to jump into say a resurrection night. And that's what, that's a sign of bad communication on our part. We're going to have to navigate that, but the opportunity to produce more material is huge. Right. That's excellent. Uh, been really, really good talking to you about mission uh, in the context of COVID, but also just, the the continuing ongoing mission that we have in making disciples as churches thanks greg thank you if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to today we'd love it if you leave a review share uh, or subscribe to this podcast in an ongoing way if you want more information about reach australia head to reachaustralia.com.au